And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is truly one of my specialist of special guests who I haven't seen in about a decade. Um, She's a DC-based performer, and she sings for the Navy Band, specifically the vocalist for the jazz ensemble named The Commodores. It's Christine Sia, everyone! Hi. I'm sorry. Should I mention like your ranking? Are you private? Are you sergeant? Musician first class. Musician first class. Christine, see ya, everyone. Hi. <laughs> oh, Christine, how are you? Oh man, I'm so good now. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited that you hit me up for this. Yes, I'm. I'm excited because you know. I have a lot of, we well, you too um, have, have a lot of like New York City based performers. And I was just like, you know what? Christine like is a performer still. She's singing with the, with the Navy and everything. And then you picked this movie and it kind of tickled me on the inside. <laughs> you picked On the Town and I was like, Tap Dancing Sailors? Is she living out some sort of fantasy or something? <laughs> I mean, you know, I watched this like a lot, a lot. Like I have distinct memories of my sister and I getting out the um, tape recorder, tape recorder, because that's recorder. how young we were, you yes. know, and like your awful would come up, <laughs> baby faced Frank with that big old bass voice. I mean, come on, but it would come up and we would try and like record it. Like we would try and get it, you know, that's how much we, we loved this movie. So, like, I just, I don't know. It's, like, totally propaganda, right? Like, join the Navy, tap dance, and sing, and stuff. Well, and yeah. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, like, you know. Oh, was, <laughs> was this what got you into the Navy then? <laughs> On accident? <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, like, in the back of my mind, it was kind of like, oh, that uniform's cute. But <laughs> you, in all seriousness... Cute. And they sing and dance a little. I would wear that uniform. Uh, (laughs) It was actually funny. I stumbled upon this job through, I was doing like the Pops concert for uh, senior year. And the band leader of uh, the big band for that Commencement Eve Pops concert, Bruce Johnstone, he was the one that hit me up like a year or two after I graduated. And he was like, hey, listen, there's this great job opportunity. I was a guest artist with this band. And, you know, the it's once in a blue. Like, people tend to stay because the gig's so great. And so I auditioned. I got called back. I didn't end up winning that time around. So then they told me, like, oh, you know, based on your audition, we have your recordings. We've sent it over to Fleet Band Activities. And they've, you know, decided if you would like a position, we're hiring for vocalists in the fleet music program. And I was like, I could sing like for money, like (laughs) you pay me money. Cause like my plan B, 
if I didn't get the big band job originally was audition for cruise lines and just keep yeah, do, like do that the, grind. Do the yeah. hustle, do the hustle. And, and hustle. it was, it was, you know, I, I was really hoping, but then it didn't pan out. And so they offered it to me on the spot and I was just like, yeah, where do I sign? Like, let's do it. And then I did my thing for two years and was out in Japan. And then the position still hadn't been filled. And so I auditioned again and won it two years later. Wow. So, yeah. So it's just like, it's a lot of roundabout sort of ways to get to where I got to. And it was it, Tom Laughlin actually was the one that told us like senior year, you know, like you got to go where the jobs are, <laughs> right. you know, like but more important I, than anything. I'm still going to subliminally blame this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. I blame Gene Kelly. Yeah. Like absolutely. God damn it, Gene Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> So, little background before we get in further into discussion. Um, On the Town came out in 1949, which I think to date is my oldest movie I've done. So there you go. Uh, screenplay by Adolph Green and Betty Comden. Lyrics by uh, music by Leonard Bernstein and Roger Edens. Lyrics by Adolph Green and Betty Comden. Directed by Stanley Doonan and Goddamn Gene Kelly. <laughs> and then according to imdb three sailors wreck havoc as they search for love during a whirlwind 24-hour leave in new york city slash also propaganda for people to join the the navy <laughs> yeah i added that last bit in but let's be really here there's <laughs> like what was that one song that i was just like oh on the town <laughs> the title the titular song i was like this isn't really like propelling the story forward. It's just talking about how awesome the Navy is. Life in the Navy. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. They're like on the Empire State Building, right? And they're like swabbing the deck and talking about all that stuff. With all the, it is funny because all the girls are in like a, a red, yellow, green, like m- motif going on. Like uh, Claire was well pinkish red hildy was yellow and ivy was green and so i was just like "Ooh, we got like a stoplight slash heather situation going on here <laughs> i'm just glad they didn't go with like the obvious like red white and blue you mm. know like at least they chose something a little less like a little more new yorky because uh-huh. of all the stoplights yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you love this movie. You've seen it millions of times, right? Yes. And I, it's based, it's based on a stage play. I saw the stage play like years after I had already had this movie like embedded in my brain. And I just remember watching the stage play and being like, eh. Yeah. Okay. So the stage play came out and came on broad, uh, came to Broadway in 1944 with Mm -hmm. the same like writing team that would eventually do the movie and it had 29 songs including and i counted including like the entre act reprises encores etc this movie has 11 mm-hmm. so well it's, it's got all them dang dance sequences they had to make room for gene you know <sighs> do his thing the 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 day in new york daydream dance Ballet. sequence the ballet, yes. Oh, I, <laughs> for a second, you know, watching it, I was just like, oh, you know, this is the 
dream sequence that usually happens in a Gene Kelly movie. And then I looked closely and I was like, those aren't the actors. I told you, I told you. It's like, he literally was like, I'm the director. You're all out. Don't need you for the next week. We're phoning it in. We're bringing in some ringers. Don't worry about it. Except for you, Vera. We need you. Right. (laughs) Which, like, was upsetting to me because Ann Miller is my girl. You know, like, I grew up and I wanted to be her and I wanted to be Sid Charisse. And it was just like, sorry, honey, your gift is not dance. Your gift is song. So focus on Judy. However, um, Ann can dance. So I was like, why isn't she in this sequence? And it's like, oh, maybe it's like the balladic stuff versus like the tap. Mm, the tippity tap for during mm-hmm. prehistoric man mm-hmm. which mm. which i read some trivia on that her dress during for the filming of it caused the skeleton to fall because it got caught when she did a tour one of her famous twirls and it spun out i i read that and i and i remember looking at that scene especially when it does fall like on cue I'm just like, it's on wires. How did it fall? I don't understand, Steenie. It's the magic of Ann Miller. I mean, I love that, you know, she's wearing that pencil-y style dress. And then all of a sudden, when it's the dance break, it's like, boom, wide open. (laughs) Movie magic, baby. It's Hollywood. (laughs) They got to show them gams, you know? Especially, you know, well, yeah, if you're dancing, you got to not have a pencil skirt on. You need, you need to be able to like stretch a little bit. God, what is it? She does her, like, I think her most famous move was like, it was like machine gun taps where it's just so fast and she's just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. Like that was quintessentially like one of oh, her most famous moves. Her signature style, if you will. Where she just like keeps going. Yeah. Ooh. I will say I did like the dancing in Prehistoric Man. There's other things watching it with 2021 eyes that I was mm. just like, ooh, you didn't age well. But Mm-mm. Ann Miller just like tapped her way into my heart. And I was like, thank you. She has this one line where she clearly says, something, 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 poor prehistoric dick. Does she mean what I think she means? Or is she like meaning like poor prehistoric man, but man didn't rhyme with stick or whatever it was two lines before so now we have to say dick i think in 2021 it's whatever you want it to be but (laughs) i think back then it was probably it's sort of like how gay showed up a lot in lyrics Mm. and that had a different different undertone right and so like in west side story pretty and witty and gay right like that just meant like happy so i i i think dick was short for richard it was probably just like the writer's way of being clever. Like in uh, Kiss Me Kate? Yeah. A dick a dick. A dick a dick. Well, that was just Cole Porter being Cole Porter. <laughs> Let's <laughs> the, be real. He did mean he did mean what you think. He 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 meant penis, yes. Yes, that's why it repeated for <laughs> ever. He forever. He the, the, the sassiest gay man ever. <laughs> um so I was, okay, I did a few research on this in this movie because Miss Turnstiles is like one of the big themes of it and everything. And uh, it's Vera Ellen and she's Miss Turnstiles. It's based off of a real thing called Miss mm-hmm. Subways, mm-hmm. which I was just like, oh, that makes 
sense in a way. It was just a beauty contest that ran from 1941 to 1976. For that long? Yes. Wow. Where uh, the only rules were that the women, A, had to be a New York City resident, and B, ride the subway. It was a way for John Robert Powers to promote models under his agency via the subway advertising company. This is all from Wikipedia, so (laughs) have at it, folks. I, like, wonder, because, like, for most beauty pageants, there's some sort of, like, prize as far as, I don't know, like, a donation in your name or, like, a um, scholarship. Like, was there anything like that for Miss Turnstiles? Did you find anything? I didn't see that for Miss Subways, but I feel like it's the same thing as Miss Turnstiles, where it's just Mm. bragging rights for the month and then you or forever long. Yeah. Here's my face. (laughs) because <laughs> like even Hildy and Claire were just like Miss Turnstiles what <laughs> right it's so New York of them to be like it doesn't mean anything matter. it doesn't matter. it doesn't matter yeah but you gotta consider like the boys on the ship right like they're from different places they're excited to like get into New York and like isn't Gaby's whole Gene Kelly's character isn't his whole thing like wanting to be with like the creme de la creme and being with like the most famous like lady if he's gonna take a girl out it'll be like you know the one on the pedestal so that's why like seeing her face on the subway was like oh she's the one so I thought that that was a really nice interesting twist that it's just like oh it's just a title it's just bragging rights I think they all had something along those lines of like expectation versus reality where yeah. they all wanted the women on the pedestal, but like Hildy was the one horny for Frank Sinatra, which I mean, everyone Chip. was. Claire at first, okay. <laughs> Talk to me about Claire for a second. I got a little confused by her character. Because <laughs> before Prehistoric Man, you meet her and she kind of flirts with Ozzy, but she tells him that she's into anthropology so she doesn't she tames her boy craziness yeah I think like they're playing with the idea of like in that time period right like women were supposed to act a certain way and be like demure and be introspective and always wait for like the guy to like come along but she clearly had like no qualms being like you I'm into you so like From what I gathered, she was working with some type of therapist, whether or not that was her choice or whether it was forced upon her, like who knows. But the therapist told her to have some hobbies to distract from, you know, constantly seeking out men. Because at that time, you're supposed to act a certain way as a woman. Um, Hold on, let me get my pussy hat while while you talk. (laughs) But like, that sort of goes to looking at it with 2021 eyes, the thing that I always appreciated about the movie was Claire and Hildy. They were go-getters. Hildy had, uh, they made jokes about it in the movie about having like a, a male job, right? Like being a lady cab driver. And Claire was the one who like initially was like, no, I must like control myself. But then she was like, no, screw it. YOLO. Say la vie. Like, let's go let's go get into some trouble, you know? Like, it was 
these women were empowered and they were living in this time where like there was a war going on and they were like, I'm going to do what I want to do and live my life. So besides it being pro-Navy, do you think that they set out to make a pro-feminist movie? I don't know. Or was that on accident? I don't know because like the songs (laughs) that they cut, right? Like one of the big tunes from the musical version was I Can Cook Too, right? And I think that was originally sung by Claire. I can cook too. Um, Hildy sings it. Oh, it was Hildy. Okay. And it's just like, for me, that title angers me a little bit, but I don't, yes. I don't know very much about the lyrics to it or whatever, but like having her be the pushy, like come hither, like I'm Hildy. calling the shots, come up to my place, Hildy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That whole song come up to my place. It, I love it that they had the roles that way for the movie yeah. I can't speak for the show. I didn't, I've never seen it. In fact, I think I, this is like my first time watching this movie. So thank you. I haven't seen the show. So I don't know if this is the same vibe that you're getting or if this song, was it even in the show? Yes, it was. I did Um, it with Andy Herr at school. (laughs) So like, I, I just love that, you know, in this movie, the women are the ones that are like the horny ones and the men are just like we want a sightsee <laughs> yeah they're true new york women they're true <laughs> <laughs> but like you know hildy did have a point during come up to my place where she's like you are looking at an outdated guidebook fair sir right you know what's right. not outdated though my bedroom so let's go right <laughs> right and she's just like honey the buildings are still gonna be there like the ones that are still standing like <laughs> you'll see the empire stable building it's all good like just come just come hang for a bit just come up to my room just, just yeah do it's it. cool it's easy it's fine <laughs> yeah the character that i resonated the least with was probably your ellen's character and i wish that they had shaped her character to be a bit more than just a cooch dancer who was hiding that you know that that was like her big character that thing was like she was Miss Turnstiles and she was an enigma and so they just didn't develop her enough um, part of me wishes uh, it's gonna sound very sexist of me to say this but part of me wishes she didn't have a line until the end like she didn't speak really yes just because it seems like that was the m- main story going on because like you have obviously the three sailors and they have their own, they branch off into their own little plot lines but like Finding her was the one that was like the main one that they all would do and everything. And part of me wishes she remained an enigma. They did a lot of those like passing ships in the night and all that, like where they, he would go into a store and she'd come out to the one that's next door and everything and blah, blah, blah. I wish they did a lot more of that until like maybe about halfway through the movie. Which, like, in my mind, I'm having, like, a total rom-com, like, ethereal, like, outer, out-of-body experience where it's, like, another, like, interesting twist that could have been done should this have been remade. Other than making the women sailors, that Uh would be great. Um, (laughs) But but still horny. You hear me, Hollywood? But still horny. Yes. As opposed to her, like, building upon her not speaking, if there was, like, a bait and switch. Like, she was the red herring 
but really like Jean keeps bumping into this other woman, you know, and she's got personality and she's like, they get along great. And she's one of the guys, Hmm. but you know, and then like he meets Miss Turnstiles and it turns out that she's not what he expected at all. And he could hang with like this girl all along. Like, so so like the, 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 she's all that nature of it. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. Maybe she could be a sailor. Maybe she could be someone that he works with. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be somebody that he's been like, like she's in front, right in front of her face the whole time. Right. Maybe but like off the glasses. But like, I mean, uh, no shade to Vera Ellen. I just think as her as a character, that would have been a little more mysterious and built up that whole his whole pedestal thing that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. How did you feel? It kind of irked me a little bit, but how did you feel about the clock that would run at the bottom of the screen? The time, I should say. I watch everything with subtitles, so I don't I don't notice it as much. <laughs> I I watch it with subtitles too, but I did notice that it would run across where it's like twelve o'clock, <laughs> uh, yeah. six o'clock, and I was just like, okay, I feel like you guys could have done a little more artistically personally but like i get i I get it you know we're we're on a fixed time schedule here they have 24 hours yeah yeah from 6 a.m to 6 a.m oh boy yeah (laughs) yeah oh you mentioned about the women cab drivers that started in 1942 so seven years before the movie two years before the stage version Gertrude Jeanette, I want to give a shout out because women's history, everyone, this is important. Yeah. She was the first woman to be a cabbie in New York. Um, she got her license and everything. And then by like the 1970s, thousands of women were cab, dri- women were cab drivers. And then they started to decline due to the crimes in New York. You know, that, that little sorted history of... New York City that everyone kind of remembers but forgets but remembers. Yeah. <laughs> I did read, though, that they did shoot in New York City for five days. So, because there are certain things that, like, you can fake in a studio or what have you, but they were in, like, Rockefeller Center at one point. Yeah. Like, you can't fake that. Right. As much you as can... you try you can actually see like the groups of people behind them gathering and like pointing and like they're acknowledging that there's this movie being shot and like Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. It's just, it's a production. (laughs) Well, more, more on that fact, they ran across two problems. One, the weather, you know, that's an issue no matter what. And then two, those fans that you're talking about, this was at the height of Sinatra's career. So they Mm -hmm. were like, it's Frank. Who's the other two? how would you rate your ability to critique people on dance i mean we talked about mass singer i watched the first season of mask dancer and i was there like throwing shade like anybody else so like i can tell generally like who all has some technique and who has no technique and who all has charisma like let me say right now frank keep singing like forever like never stop but like dancing like you're good like don't just don't well that's what i was gonna ask you do you feel like he kept up during you can count on yeah i think he did the best that he could do 
considering <laughs> who all he was with, like the crowd that he was hanging with. But yeah, I, I know that like out of the three, out of the three sailors, he was always the one who's like my eye was drawn to because yeah, like the um you, you what is his name? Jules Jules Munchen, right? Is the the taller the tallest yes. the the other sailor. Um he's like primarily comedic actor. So like he knows how to move. And Gene is very acrobatic and obviously like Lord of the Dance. So L- he can do literally no Lord of the Dance. Yes. 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 Um, I think Gene choreographed this movie. Um, mm-hmm. If he did it, then kudos to whomever did. I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure it was Gene Kelly. Obviously, we talked about uh, Anne and um, now a little Frank, but like watching Vera during the Miss Turnstiles ballet, that was, I don't even know what style of dance that was, and I loved it. Are you talking about the... Um... When she's fighting the men? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm like, I'm hearing the, the like trumpet squealing when she's talking and she's like, who, me? And it's like, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's doing all of the stuff, right? It was very reminiscent to Singing in the Rain, actually, where they do, um, oh my gosh, what is that, that tune, the cover girl sequence where like oh, there's yeah. that whole segue of just like that one felt- tunes from the 20s and 30s. That um, felt more a day in New York, the one where he's recapping basically the whole movie. Yes. Yes. Why did that happen? I don't know. You had <laughs> you had so what did I say? There was like 29 songs. You had so many other songs you could have done, but you chose that one. <laughs> I get I get it. You need to showcase Gene Kelly and everything cuz he probably demanded it, but like it's probably in his contract. It's probably like I have to dance at least 20 minutes in every movie I do where it's just me and the leading lady has to be able to keep up. And if not, we hire somebody else a la yep. Singing in the Rain uh, yep. where they hired Sid Charisse Sid. to come in mm-hmm. with her long mm-hmm. legs. <laughs> and that green sequin dress. But anyway, that's another that's another podcast episode right there. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Speaking of her good boy, Frankie, apparently... He had to wear some padding in his costume, specifically in his booty. <laughs> so when you watch it again, just go butt pads. Those are butt pads. I see it. <laughs> the scene that comes to mind that gets me every time is when they're up on the Empire State Building. It's uh, Chip and Hildy, Sinatra, and oh my gosh, what's her name? Betty Garrett. Yes. I love her. Anyway, um, they're up on the Empire State Building and he's like looking through the viewfinder trying to like see all of the things that he missed out because he went up to her place and she's looking bored as all hell. And he says, it's right before you're awful. And he throws the guidebook over the Empire State Building and you hear an audible, (laughs) like the book (laughs) makes contact with the floor. And it's like, every time that cracks me up, it's like, well, because, you know, you hear everything from 80 stories up. Right. Uh, speaking of them, do you feel like Chip was into Hildy in the beginning? No, not at all. I don't think he was even, like, considering it. So you, you I think, think that he would, le- I think he legit just wanted to, like, sightsee. And then once w- they did the nasty. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> yes. Because come on, they boned, right? They must have. Yeah, they had to have. And then we don't see Ozzy and Claire, but they were boning all over the city. <laughs> Let's be real here. Let's be honest. Like, Well, yeah, that was part of the storyline, right? Was that they were supposed to split up at, I think it was Claire's suggestion. They split up into teams to try and find Miss Turnstiles. And then it's like, oh, no, we didn't find her at all. And it's like, how hard did you guys look? <laughs> did you actually leave the confines of the ladies' room? Did you? I mean, we clearly see one of the couples going right. to search Hildy's apartment for Mr. Right. Styles. <laughs> right. You brought up your awful, and I wanted to bring this up. That is, like, such a good song. It is. It's so it, perfect. It really is. It's It's mine and my sister's favorite out of the movie and it's like it takes negging right and it like totally flips it it's just so cute because like you know he starts it but then she does it too so it's kind of like okay we're still going on that little slightly feminist route right now it's like i see you i see what you're doing i see you when i raise it's like they're on the same wavelength you know (laughs) thank you for making me watch this by the way like it was so funny. You got like a lot of slapstick moment, especially, ooh, is it the, when the group is on the Empire State Building? Yes. When, okay, so they destroyed the dinosaur, right? Mm. Obviously there's like that C story going on or D story of like the cops trying to chase them. Mm-hmm. And they catch up to them on the Empire State Building but Ozzy's hanging off the side. Yes! Yes! Who even thought of that? But then also the ending where you have um, the men in drag and the women in the... Okay, if you if you were a cooch dancer, would you be embarrassed about it? I mean, a job's a job. It's true. But it all, again, comes down to, like the time in which this is set so and she comes from a small town right she comes from the same town as davy so right. like she moves to the big city with like dreams and aspirations of like i don't even know what being a being a professional dancer i guess I and so being on broadway maybe yeah but in order to make ends meet and in order to pay for her dance lessons she takes on a job as a cooch dancer and i mean how many of us have like held our amount of survival jobs that maybe necessarily weren't that prestigious, right? Right. Like, hello, Deli Slicer here for about a year, you know? (laughs) So it's not even necessarily like a shameful thing. It's just more like a, especially in the day and age where your job can define you. It's probably Mm. like, let's just keep it on. Like it's, it's something that I do. It's not. I think the term is also confusing me. I didn't look it up. Because when I hear cooch dancer, I think, you know, obviously stripper, but that's 2021 brain. Not that I right. Know. You know what? I will Google it. <laughs> yeah, I should have done my job and Googled it. Hey, man, we all have pocket computers that we carry around. Burlesque. Okay. It's burlesque. A dance performed by women that once that was once common in carnivals and fairs and marked by a sinuous and often suggestive Twisting and shaking of the torso and limbs, ro- uh, a roving carnival cooch dancer. 
See, like based on the depiction in the movie and like the context, I would have like thought belly dancer, which I guess could right because she's on to... Coney Island dressed in harem pants and everything. Right. So this is around the time that like burlesque is now not highbrow comedy anymore. It's seen as too sexy. Mm. And from there. <laughs> so much theater history, so little time. <laughs> Damn time capsules. <laughs> but like I, f- uh, I could okay, now now that we looked it up, I can see it being quote unquote embarrassing to admit it, but like would you be embarrassed personally if today you said that you were a burlesque dancer? I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent would be. I mean, I guess it would be saying that you're a stripper. I don't think it's as big a deal now, right? Because like there, there is um, that distinction of like you are not your job. You, well, like, you still get people who aren't positive, like sex positive when you say that you're a stripper. They only right. think it's all sexual and everything. You're like, no, it's like you're a deli slicer. It's a job. Like, yeah. Yes, I'm wearing a bikini, but like, I mean, I still get paid. <laughs> yeah. I think it all comes down to like empowerment, right? Like, people who care just don't like pay attention to them. How well do you remember the show at all? Do you? I think I saw it like once. I was okay, maybe great. in high school. Then never mind. I was gonna be. <laughs> what were you? I was going to ask if she was a cooch dancer and it seems like according to Wikipedia that yes, she is. She dances in a show called Raj Bimmy's Harem Scream. uh, Scarum. Scarum. Excuse me. I can read. Maybe I need to wear my glasses. (laughs) You fine. That whole sequence though at the end, like I was saying, is just so funny. Because obviously you have like the the identity hit the hidden identity. Mm-hmm. They have to do the dance on stage, and uh, they got to get away from the cops. Yeah, gotta get away from the cops, and then they accidentally go into the one vehicle that they shouldn't have, and brought back to the ship. So when you're on tour with the Commodores, uh, do you guys stay on the ship, or do you have a uh, your own bus or something we so when we go on tour we break up the continental u.s into five sections so that each group has like a section to um stay at and so we have like performed on ships but we don't travel on ships um it's usually like we go from city to city like every night we have a a bus uh, so you you like other bands and theater and everything where it's it's the right. tour bus life, maybe a hotel. Right. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't you don't have to witness this whole like twenty four hours leave thing go go crazy. So for like shorter periods of time we'll have we'll be granted like liberty, which is like a day off, right? Versus like leave is you you can take leave for a certain amount of time and like go on vacations or what have you, or it's like, it's paid time. And I, um, yeah. So I do wonder if they meant 24 hours Liberty because they are coming from a ship, but that's, that's totally like jargon. Like (laughs) it's neither here nor there. And it might, it might've been different too back then. Like it might've been called leave back then. And then, yeah. 
yeah. over time like, change. For, for us, when we go on tour, we'll go on the road for three weeks and we will perform every night except for two days where we get Liberty. So it's like, we'll perform for 10 days straight in like a different venue every night. And then we'll have like a day off and then we'll perform another X amount of days, have another day off and then, you know, finish it out. Like obviously wherever you are, that's where you're just like, all right, let's go sightseeing. Pretty much. Or you run into your own version of a Hildy and brought up to her apartment and. Oh, nine times out of 10, I just like chill in my hotel room. (laughs) And watch on the town. (laughs) And watch on the town. Or I'll just like spend as much time like outside as possible. Sightseeing, like you said, trying to make the most of it. Maybe maybe those... next time you won't get your you will get a Hildy but not a hypersexualized Hildy. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you know somebody who's willing to like be a a friendly tour guide for you, but not necessarily like getting your pants. Well, that's kind of the nice thing though is that I've had times on tour where I get to like hit up a friend because like I I have during my time in the Navy I've I've made a lot of friends who you know I worked with and we stay in touch and. They're either still in the Navy or they, they've left and gone on to other things. And so I have a wide network of friends who, if I end up being in town, I can call on them and we can like go get a cup of coffee and catch up. Like Aww. that is a benefit to well, that. Let me know when you're in New York. But let's- Of course. But we're not at the end yet of the episode. First, we got to do a segment that I like to call Sharp and Flat. Sharp Flat. So we're going to, in this section, we're going to highlight some more moments, if not ones that we've already talked about. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. Do you like my play on words? (laughs) I love it. Um, Steenie, do you have any sharp moments in this movie? Uh, I've had ranges of like people, like I I will nitpick certain things I did and didn't like, but like you could say the whole movie if you want. I don't I'm trying to think. I see it. Can we come back to it? Okay, I'll I'll go. I'll go first. How's that? Okay. I really I enjoyed uh, my sharps would be the New York City jokes. So like the subway scene where they're trying to uh, figure out which way's uptown and the 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 train comes by, and you're like, got it, good, bye. (laughs) Um. Lucy being the worst roommate, I mean, that may not be a New York City specific thing, but like, that's something that happens a lot here. And then a lot of Hildy's jokes. Um, you know, she's like, you want to go across town in that time? Uh, not going to happen. <laughs> and speaking of Hildy, like just Betty Garrett, her, her whole performance yes. was awesome. And I loved Vera during the Miss Turnstiles ballet. And then the the campy comedy was just something that I didn't expect it to go that camp. Like I expected some sort of comedy, but I didn't expect like boys in drag, the whole Empire State Building scene. And then another sharp that I really had that I loved is how Hildy and Claire were willing to play uh, to keep up the fantasy of the Miss Turnstiles for Gaby and the boys. That's like a good, those are like good friends, even though they don't know each other. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But like, that's something, I feel like that's something that a lot of people do and they don't realize. Where they'll just be like, oh yeah, Miss Turnstile is totally a thing. (laughs) 
Uh, do you have anything in particular you want to highlight as a sharp? I think just like what we were talking about earlier about how like empowered the women were. Mm, um, yes. Like they were very strong female characters. They were flawed, but you know, uh, yeah. they definitely they definitely had personality about them. Another sharp would probably be the scene in the clubs where like they keep getting like the table closest <laughs> to the kitchen. I just like every time and it, it was always like the transition even was so clever with like each club it was like a different set of um performers right doing the same tune like as the <laughs> like segue change, changing a word here and there yeah yes yes <laughs> another sharp I gotta say is obviously you're awful like yes. just such a great great cute adorable song with a great twist on I don't like you, I love you <laughs> sort of thing um <laughs> I also really, I was. I feel bad. Like I feel like I was hating on Vera, but Main Street is also a really cute tune where they oh, finally meet yeah. in the ballet studio, and she's like trying really hard to like, you know, she doesn't want to come across as forward, and she's so flattered that he like came to find her and like came all this way, and it turns out they're from the same town and they had the same teacher. Like it was just like the details are just so cute. Oh yeah, that was one. Think. That was one thing I was a little confused about. They're not the same age, though, right? Like that's the whole point. Yeah, they had the same teacher, but like obviously, I think maybe is he supposed to be older? I guess they never really specify, but I, I think I'm gonna it's, go with that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like the fact that they both came from. It's such a big world. It, it just shows how small the world really is. And I also just love the um the fact that they started and ended with the same tune. Like that guy with his like <laughs> opening tone. Like I sing along with it when it starts every time, just because like I love me a bass, but also it's just great. It's like we've all been there. We don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> Especially if it's like six AM and you have to go to you have to be at work at that time. Nobody wants that. Yeah. No one wants everyone can relate to that. So yeah. Uh, do you have any flats or do you want me to go first again while you think? Go first, please. Okay. Again, I didn't really like the scrolling time at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It, it distracted me a little too much, personally. Um, another flat is the, it's the racism in the prehistoric man. I get it. It mm. was made in a different time, but still. I have a feeling that's going to be a lot of things on this podcast where it's going to be like, the the this of that and it'll be like ooh I mean I get it it was made at a different time period but like mm. yeah new, new conversations happening uh, same can also be said about like this pseudo rapey mannerisms from one of the cops so at the end he has his hands all over Vera and I'm like mm-hmm. that's bad touch bad touch bad touch mm-hmm. and then also I wrote down the treatment of Lucy especially like to her face yeah Yeah. i get it she's the comedy role she's a character a character actress so she's not like the vera ellen conventional beauty but like come on just like don't be a dick to her face right she was funny though (laughs) i will say (laughs) yeah especially when she came to the rescue like i'm just like picturing her in that you can count on me like she was just like so quickly like everything like rolled off her back you know oh yeah even her 
like they treated her like crap right but she just it didn't even bother her she was unfazed she was just like i'm gonna just hang out with my homies who cares what y'all think of me you know like y'all fam like we're good <laughs> i get it that i'm the punchline but like can i have a solo moment for the song <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, do you have any flats that you want to highlight mention i'm trying to like think you could say no i mean you could say that this is a perfect movie in your eyes and we'll be done with it <laughs> it's not a it's not a perfect movie i wish i had like rewatched it i should have rewatched it i'm just like Stating. i'm seeing it through rose-colored glasses you know what i mean well um, yeah i mean i'm i i hate to like shit on something that you obviously have an emotional no, but- attachment to but at the same point, it's just like, eh, I wish there were more uh, uh, people of color, you know, like if, well, if yeah. they were to remake this, like, how about, you know, not only making the sailors women, but also having it be more diverse, like that would be appealing because New York, I guarantee even back then was probably was more diverse, diverse than what we were seeing in the movie, you know, it wasn't New York so white as it was, <laughs> right? Like, I'm pretty sure if they were to do it right besides the extras i feel like the the cooch dancers may also be the diversity now that we're right. talking about it the day in new york segment i'm not gonna lie right now i'm a, i'm gonna be real i fast forward that most of the time that's fine it just goes on and it's beautiful but again it's like a recap of the movie that we're already watching (laughs) which was popular in that time in gene kelly movies he did that for a lot of things that was his that was was his his like calling card yeah um all Um, right so let's move let's move on i got another i got another couple questions for you before we finish off um would you add any of the songs in the movie to your life's playlist uh, I feel like I'm not out of bed yet. That would be me every morning. You're awful. That would be me every night to my husband. Uh, and obviously New York, New York. Yes. I wrote down Main Street and you're awful. Because I was I was thinking more of like, without, obviously without the visual, would I still enjoy it? And yeah, those two songs, I, I'd still, I mean, you're awful just because it's still comedy, no matter, I mean, I would, I would be the one making the faces instead of the actors on screen. But you're awful, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then one final question for you before we get to plugs and stuff. If you could pick any part, which one would it be? In this remake that you're talking about, where you want female sailors... You could pick a sailor. You could be one of the sailors if you want. I would probably want to be Chip. You want to be Chip? <laughs> I want to be Chip because you... I can relate to that like desire to just like his whole thing was they kept making fun of him for being so young, right? So like when you asked me if he had interest in Betty Garrett, in my mind it wasn't that he didn't want to like hang. It was more like he just had tunnel vision of like I got to see all these sights, and then he matured in that moment and was just like, oh wait, like I have free time before I got to go back on the ship with a bunch of other dudes. Let me go hang with this pretty lady, you know, who's freaking awesome. Like, yeah, hello, priorities. So, yeah, I'd probably want to be Chip. All right, Hollywood, I know you're listening. Um, (laughs) We've got 
somebody willing to star in your remake of this movie because let's be real it should be i mean i wouldn't be angered if it was remade would you if they updated it and everything i mean they remake so many movies it feels like they had just remade it and then they're remaking it again and it's like (laughs) there's been a nice long period of time now where it's like hey how about this yeah it's been a it's been a while it hasn't been on broadway in a in a while either so i see i see you i see you Mm -hmm. uh and with that we're done with the episode steamy or christine i should say let's formalize it a little bit Uh, Eh. (laughs) do you have anything you want to like plug promote yeah i want to promote your podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay that doesn't that that seems counterintuitive but like um the commodores do they have social media or is there an album Okay, so um, you can find us on Google. Just type in U.S. Navy Band, and we're usually the first thing that pops up. And we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, just come check out our schedule. We post that online, too, and hopefully we'll be back at it with live performances. And we're also on YouTube if you want to check out past performances. So I, I still have, and I don't know if this is going to make the final cut, I still have your performance of Kiss Me Kate in college stuck in my head. It is. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, first of all, that wig, honey, that wig and that (laughs) costume. Man, that show was fun. Both wigs. So many wigs. Always, always true to you. Like, ah. And if you guys want to get in touch with the podcast and maybe, you know, talk about your thoughts and feelings about the revival that we're coming up with, uh, you can. Uh, <laughs> you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. Tell me why you think this movie is hot garbage. I'll read it. I won't give it to Christine. Or you can, you know, keep going about the conversation that we had. And then on the next episode, I'm going to have a new guest on, and we're going to talk about the season five finale of Schitt's Creek titled Life is a Cabaret. Steenie, this is great. Thank you so much. I know you're like busy with the Navy and everything. So. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, this was, this was a treat. I love talking all sorts of stuff about old movie musicals. It's my jam. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And then, you know what? Let's twirl out of here like Ann Miller, shall we? Mm. Twirl, 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 Mm. twirl, twirl, twirl. Bye, guys. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.